today at this job thing I had to declare if I do anything else like and it was kind of vague and I was like I think technically the podcast could be termed something else I do but then I was like no I don't make any money for it I'm not going to tell them about this podcast I do yeah like I mean it's a hobby but you are also making a product it it does demonstrate that we have consistency i guess it depends what they were trying to glean from that question like are they trying to figure out if you have a side hustle that is going to like be a conflict of interest or are they trying to figure out if you do anything but sit around eating crisps all day Hello and welcome to Horse and Aloud, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And today we watch season two... Season... (laughs) Fuck. Everything's season two. Everything's always been season two. (laughs) We watched season five, episode five. The Amelia Earhart story. Pretty sure it's pronounced Earhart. Oh, okay. That's how she died. Her heart was made of ears. They just (laughs) couldn't pump the blood around. She heard herself die. Wasn't she eaten by crabs? Like, is that fact or is that a weird conspiracy I heard once? And I don't think crabs can conspire. Can we Google Amelia Earhart? Did Amelia Earhart have crabs? <laughs> so Google's given me the search results. Amelia Earhart island crabs, Amelia Earhart land crabs, and Amelia Earhart found coconut crabs. That all sounds like things about whether or not she was eaten by crabs. Yeah. Like, those all sound like they could be the same kind of crab. Oh, an article from the Smithsonian Magazine. Coconut crabs eat everything from kittens to maybe Amelia Earhart. Huh, well, checkmate, because the Smithsonian is a museum, not a magazine. Fake news. (laughs) Oh god, these things are huge. They're really huge, and also they like shiny things, so they've been known to, like, slice their way into people's tents and just run off with their pots and pans. Oh no. Sounds a bit cute. I've also heard that their grip is, like, incredibly strong, so, like, if they, like, grab your arm or something with their pinches, then it's, like, really painful, and you can't, like, force their schnippers apart, but Ooh. they will let go if you, like, tickle their underbelly. Which <laughs> <laughs> is kind of cute. That is very cute. They look terrifying. Yeah, they're one of those things where I'm, like, really into the idea of them, but, like, I don't know how well I'd deal if they were, like, a thing that I might find in my house. Yeah, no, fair enough. Okay, sorry for that very early, early tangent. Do you want to get into the episode? Sure. All right, so this episode starts in the past. Didn't everything. <laughs> That's a good point. If you really think about it. So we see a big house and it's got foxes in it, and then we pan across from that to this, like, very small little house next to it and that's where princess carolyn lives with her mum and brothers i don't think they're all brothers oh does she have sisters one of her brothers is named boots and she's like boots leave your sister alone oh yeah listeners that wasn't a soundbite from the episode i'm just an excellent (laughs) accentist i like that her brother is named boots that's a good name her mum's name is cutie cutie cupcake as we learned yeah, she's voiced by David Sedaris, Amy's brother. Princess Carolyn's watching a documentary about Amelia Earhart. You were made for the sky. Why do you think they named you Amelia Earhart? It's because your heart belongs in the air. It's true. That is my name. 
Is it a documentary? Oh, that's a good point. Maybe it was it's... just a movie. Yeah. I like all the shit they say about flying into the sun and like becoming queen of the sun monsters, though. That was fun. <laughs> but a woman's never flown to the sun before. Come on, what other gals got to get up and go to tame those savage sun beasts and become their queen? But instead, she just got eaten by anthropomorphic crabs. <laughs> oh my god, she did too. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out what to call her family's house, and then I realized that she doesn't have a surname. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the Princess Carolyn's family residence is pretty messy. Well, like, not super messy, but, like, it's, it's I feel like, deliberately designed in pretty stark contrast to the fancy fox's house, mm. which is cleaned by Princess Carolyn's family. Like, yeah. everything is in its place there, whereas, like, there are, like, you know, socks lying around and, like, little bits of food escaping from bowls and stuff in Princess Carolyn's house. Yeah, and lots of alcohol. Yeah, because her mum, presumably... Like, A, is drunk a lot, and B, gets all her cleaning out for the day at her boss's clients at Fancy Fox's house. Yeah. At one point in the episode, they refer to Princess Carolyn as the house. Presumably that little house is, because it's, like, right next to the big fancy house that they clean. So Mm. presumably that's, like, the little house that is, like, for the servants yeah i don't know i don't know how this stuff works yeah neither do i just wanted to mention the lamp yeah what's oh it's one of those leg lamps yeah hate it a bit anyway it's got like fishnets on back in tasmania where Mm -hmm. i hail from there's a chain of chicken restaurants that is now just called l and b capital b and then it has like a cartoon chicken when i was a kid Mm -hmm. not only was the chain explicitly called legs and breasts the logo for it i swear to god was a cartoon chicken like not an anthro chicken just a chicken but she had, like, sexy human legs with fishnets and high heels. Okay. Oh, and boy. this, like, narrowed eye. Like, I and I cannot... Like, I've talked to other people who remember this, but no matter how hard I Google, I cannot find any pictures of the old logo. Like, there's no evidence that this billboard of a fuck-me-chook existed. <laughs> I don't know, that felt relevant because of Bojack. <laughs> like, just wanted to get that off my chest. No, fair enough. That's okay. I'm glad um, we shared that with the class. At Princess Carolyn's family home, there is, like, a box or something that says Merry Christmas on it. But it's got Santa on it, but Santa's a cat. And I was thinking, does that mean Santa in the Bojack universe is canonically a cat? Or is it sort of like how Jesus is depicted as various races based on geography? Ooh. That's a good point. Yeah. Have we ever seen Santa before? No, I don't think we have. What about in the Christmas episode? The episode that shall not be named. Oh, yeah. That was set at Christmas. I feel like if there was a background Santa somewhere, we would have noticed. I don't think Santa featured prominently. Like, I don't think we saw him. No, there's that guy that dresses up as Santa, but he's just a human. I feel like if I was writing about Santa, I would have a real temptation to, like, capitalize the H in he and his and him. The same way you do if you're writing about like Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's a cross stitch that says sanctify this sty instead of bless this mess. Oh, cool. Also, there's a framed photo of like a fish wearing a bow tie. Mm. 
Who was he? Yeah. And the Amelia Earhart thing got me thinking, because she's talking to this owl who is, like, excitedly sort of fluttering around. And I realised, like, in the Bojack universe, before the invention of mechanical flight, birds and insects had, like, a huge advantage over the rest of the population. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, birds, that's also true of birds and insects in this universe. <laughs> But I feel like we still, the, even even back before we invented machines, we had enough other advantages over them to make up for it, <laughs> to not feel particularly slighted. <laughs> we looked at them and we said, how can we do that? Not, oh, I can't believe they could do that and we can't. So then we jump to the present and we see Princess Carolyn sitting in her car and she's like parked in front of the old house and it's covered in graffiti and clearly abandoned. Which is kind of weird, like you'd think someone would want that. Yeah, like I think the implication is that they made all their money off answering machines and then they went out of fashion. That's fine, I get that, but like don't people want nice big houses? Yeah, maybe the whole area? Maybe it's like a comment on like Trump's winning middle America because all of these rural areas are really poor. Oh yeah, and presumably people are kind of heading more towards cities. Like, may- I don't know, but maybe yeah. South Carolina? Maybe whichever one of the Carolinas this takes place in is, like, kind of fucked economically, I don't know. Yeah. I hope someone's at least squatting there. Yeah. I hope there are urbexes making YouTube videos in there. <laughs> now that's economics. <laughs> um, so Princess Carolyn gets a call from Bojack. Where the hell are you? Eden, North Carolina. Ugh. You know I'm from here, right? Yeah. You know what from means? It means you don't have to be there anymore. That's why they call it from. Okay, I'm about to be from this conversation. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Can we just talk about Mr. Peanut Butter? Why did you cast him on this show? I'm the guy everybody's supposed to love. I'm Filbert. Ugh. So then I got a food truck for the crew with a big sign that said, from your favorite star. But then everybody thought it was from Mr. Peanut Butter. What are you doing there anyway? Just taking care of some family stuff. And then we find out that she's in town to adopt a baby. So then we go to a diner where she's meeting with the expecting mother, whose name is Sadie. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not some backwoods hick. I'm 18, I got my whole life ahead of me, and it's not like my boyfriend's begging me to marry him. Boyfriends rarely do. His name's Strip. Short for Dennis? Uh, Sure. He's not exactly the romantic type, but he's got those eyes you just can't say no to. You know what I mean? I hope you and Strib have many happy child-free years together. I'm willing to do whatever I can to help contribute to the child-free part. Hmm. And Sadie is voiced by Jamie Presley, who, do you know her? Is she related to Elvis Presley? I don't think so. Fraud. (laughs) Um, no, I don't know who that is. Although I feel like I did recognize her voice a little, maybe. Um, did you ever watch... My name is Earl. Like a couple of episodes when it was on TV. She plays Joy in that, one of the main characters. The diner has one of those, like, rides that you put money in and then it kind of rhythmically sways back and forth and you pretend you're in a vehicle. Um, But it's (laughs) like a pig. But Spurjack, so it's a human pig. Imagine. Imagine. And there's also, like, one of those diagrams of, like, a map of all the different cuts of meat on a pig on the wall inside the diner, but it has, like, hands and feet. And all of the parts seem to be labelled correctly as far as I can tell, except for, like, the upper back is labelled as the butt, which, if that's true, that's foolish. (laughs) (laughs) I remember noticing that on the first watch through and being like, ooh. And there's a poster about fried green tomatoes. Yeah. Which are very popular that way, I, I hear. That poster counts as lesbian representation. What? Why? 
What? You not seen fried green tomatoes? No, I haven't. Man, I know that we say tomato, not tomato, but saying fried green tomatoes just sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the movie isn't that gay. Book's pretty gay. Okay. You should read it. Okay. Then Princess Carolyn gets a call from Diane. Oh, oh, sorry, it's work. Everyone I work with is such a baby. And I love babies. <laughs> Hello, baby. So she pitches a motorbike stunt to Princess Carolyn, and Princess Carolyn says to take it to Flip and make sure that he thinks that it's his idea, not Diane's. And then he'll say yes. You really think he'll do it just because I say it's his idea? That's a great idea, Diane. Oh, thanks. I'm going to do it. Sadie mentions that all the other people she is seeing are couples. But she's interested in Princess Carolyn because they came from the same town. Um, yeah, so they kind of, it's cute. They bond over the town and the local food. Her accent kind of comes out a little bit when she's talking about the local food. Oh, have I missed this? Just a tiny bit. So good. Because we find out that she did have a southern accent when she was a kid, but she's obviously lost it since moving to California, which a lot of people do pretty deliberately, I hear. Yeah, that's interesting. So then Mr. Peanut Butter calls. I know my ex-wife is in the writer's room. I don't want to make things weird for her or anybody else. So do I have to do all the dialogue as scripted or can I have a little fun with it? Um. Normally I wouldn't even ask, but because of the whole ex-wife of it all. Knowing Flip, I would just stick to the script. Is this when we see the food truck? Yes. Yeah, it's called a shawarma locusts. Very nice. Pretty funny. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, so Sadie leaves to go to the flea market, where she sells bedazzled clothes. <laughs> you sounded like a time-traveling medieval tourist. <laughs> Why? The way you said bedazzled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's many fine bedazzled garments. <laughs> Look at them glimmer. <laughs> um, and there's some comment about the fleas are actually, like, the market is for fleas. Yeah. Yeah. Fleas of people. Fleeple, if you will. Yeah. I won't, though. <laughs> Princess Carolyn sees someone cleaning the floors, which reminds her of cleaning the floors in the big house. So then we jump back into the past again, and Princess Carolyn is cleaning floors. And Cooper Wallace Jr. comes in and asks if her mum is drunk again. My mom, well, obviously she was planning on cleaning the floors, but I asked her if I could do it. I want to learn all the tricks of the trade so one day I can be as good a housekeeper as she is. Why do you still live here? Why don't you go live with your dad down in Raleigh? All my sisters and brothers are gone. If I leave, my mom's got nobody. Um, and then they have a chat about Cooper being on the football team. He doesn't... At some point, I'm just like, sport. It's a sport talk. Football team. Play. First string quarterback. First string quarterback. Oh, QB1, you know? But basically, Princess Carolyn gives him advice so that he will become what he wants to be. Yeah, she does managing to him. Yeah. You gotta fly into that sun like Amelia Earhart did. What? You know, like in the movie. I never knew anybody who liked old movies as much as you do. You're 18. You never knew anybody, period. Okay, okay. So, teenage Princess Carolyn is wearing a purple cardigan that's pretty similar to the yellow one that she wears now, but she's wearing it as, like, the base layer, like, she doesn't seem to wear anything underneath. And she's wearing jorts. Her hair tuft at the top is slicked back instead of curled up at the front. And her eyebrows are noticeably thicker, which I thought was an interesting touch. And she has no lines under her eyes because she has not yet been beaten down by time and space. (laughs) And Cooper is like a fox guy. He's got like a sports jersey on and they're clearly about the same age. It's 
So back in the present, Princess Carolyn um, goes off goes after Sadie um, to try and get her yes, which is what she told Cooper in the flashback to do. Don't stop till you get your yes. Sadie, wait! Oh, um, hey. Listen, I, I really want to spend more time getting to know each other. This baby, your baby, means everything to me. I think the more time we spend together, the more you'll realize I'm the perfect... Do you need to take that? No, it's fine. The perfect candidate. I thought you always answered your phone day or night. And it's Todd. So I just got the phone of Flip. He's really excited about this new motorcycle Sonny came up with. He wants to do it tomorrow, but... That's Flip, full of ideas. Gotta go. Okay, well, the show is already way over budget, and my boss is starting to ask questions. The fancy guy with the moustache who's always just in Todd's office doing something silently is today just taking corn on the cob out of a bucket labelled in and eating it and putting the cobs in a bucket labelled out. <laughs> Serious business. I don't yeah. know what exactly that guy's job is meant to be, but I want it. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a good job. I want a job where I feel busy, but I mostly just get to sit around. <laughs> and eat corn. Corn's good. Yeah. And sometimes it's nuts. Like sometimes he's making a huge pile of disheveled nuts. Did you say de-shelled so that we wouldn't have that conversation about <laughs> shelled versus unshelled again? I tried. Because <laughs> de-shelled is... Yeah, de-shelled is... Unless, like, the only way de-shelled could be ambiguous is if it can either mean a nut that you de-shell by taking the shell off, or a nut that you de-shell by, like, putting the shell back on it after you shell it. Okay. (laughs) But I don't think anyone does that. No, not that I can think of. What is an unshelled nut? (laughs) Listeners, language is nuts. So Princess Carolyn catches up with Sadie and asks to go to the flea market. We find out that it's tomorrow. So she agrees to stay another day. Yeah, so then we jump back into the past again. First string quarterback. Really? Basically, they celebrate by making out. Um, And that night, Princess Carolyn comes home and wakes her mum up as she comes in. And her mum gives this muddled speech. Think I don't know what's going on? Mom. Let me tell you something. Life is a big old roulette wheel. Everyone's got a number. Some are winners, some aren't. It all depends where the little white ball lands. The problem is when people with losing numbers think they're winners. I I don't know what you're talking about. Then what the hell are these? College brochures. You think you're going to some fancy college in California all the way on the other side of the country from your mother? Her mom's got a fucking hand in a sock, and I want to know the story. What? A hand in a sock? She's on the couch with the Amelia Earhart movie playing, which is interesting. I guess it's one of the very few tapes they own. But there's one of the socks is just on the back of the couch, but the other one's just on Cutie's hand. Yeah. And then as she's talking, she, like, takes the sock off her hand. Oh, yeah, I see that now. Is that anything? I don't think so. Like, are they implying she works so hard that when she... Took her shoes and socks off, she went halfway through it. She took it off too hard. Yeah, and fell asleep. And it went onto her hand. But we know she's not working because Princess Carolyn's been doing her job while she drinks. Hey, being drunk is hard work. <laughs> Maybe it's a fetish thing. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, I know we don't do this a lot, but if you have any ideas, let us know what it could be. What in your life ends with you sprawled on a couch with a sock on your hand? Please, sir. <laughs> So at the flea market, Princess Carolyn gets a call from Bojack. 
I thought you were gonna be here today. Where are you? Something came up. Mr. Peanut Butter's doing all his own stunts. I said I wanted to do my own stunts too, but little did I know that Flip was writing a new scene where a motorcycle falls off a five-story building. Now I need you to intervene and forbid me from doing my own stunts, even though I really want to, because I actually don't want to, because that would require me to be in good physical shape, which we both know I'm not, and also not a coward, which we both know I am. Fine, I'll handle it. Just stop whining like a little bitch. Isn't this, like, literally exactly what happens when the nude scene thing happens? Like, he tried to get Todd to, like, make it look like someone else wanted him to not do it. Yeah, so he didn't have to say no. The flea market is fun. There's a thing that's, like, kettle corn, now made in a real kettle. <laughs> and one person's stall just says, stuff I stole to make money to buy heroin. <laughs> we see a bunch of records that have, like, pun band names on them, but the main one we see is a Dolly Parton record that's called Just Because I'm a Sheep, which is fun that Dolly Parton would be a sheep because of Dolly the Sheep. Hmm, which was named after her, wasn't it? Was it? Was it not? Might have been. Okay. I don't know, maybe she was named after it. <laughs> you never hear about cloning anymore, huh? No. Like, did they just clone Dolly and then st- Stop? Or has it just not really been newsworthy since then? Like how I was surprised when I found out that people had been back to the moon since the first time. Hmm. Presumably they're still doing cloning. There's like a possum that's hanging upside down, um, folding t-shirts at its stall. The We see two of them. One of them says, I shirt you not on it. And the other one says, stop pausing and just watch the show. And I would like to say, as a keen amateur Bojack pauser, yeah. shut up, <laughs> Lisa, if it was you. <laughs> I've already watched the show. I'm pausing it for a project. <laughs> There's also one that sells broken snow globes and tie-dyed shirts. <laughs> And also one that's just selling bones. Just oh, bones. That's funny. Mr. Peanut Butter's being served up a plate of just bones. All those bones were people. <laughs> oh, they were too. <laughs> I just want to jump back to Dolly. They named her after Dolly Parton because the cells for cloning Dolly were taken from memory glands. And um, oh God, the quote is, Dolly is derived from a memory gland cell and we couldn't think of a more impressive pair of glands than Dolly Parton's. Cool, so the first animal ever successfully cloned was named after Dolly Parton's titties. Yeah. That's amazing. I don't think that would fly in 2018. You know, I think somebody would be like, oh, that's a bit inappropriate. Nah, it's just locker room talk. <laughs> yeah, you know, the science locker rooms. I can't, I'm, I am gobsmacked <laughs> by that. <laughs> wow. <sighs> I thought in my head I was like maybe Dolly Parton has like curly hair. Oh, like a sheep. If she is named up, yeah. But like not the titty animal. This is an animal grown from titties, just like Dolly Parton, <laughs> the titty woman that we all know and love. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, it makes that reference cool. Maybe it was a clone of Dolly Parton. Yeah. In the BoJack universe, might as well. Yeah. Oh, of course they're doing cloning, because they're talking about cloning mammoths and shit. That's that's recent-ish yeah. cloning news I remember being in the zeitgeist. I, I, for a second I was like, is he talking about Imbo Jack Horseman? Ooh. I looked up cloning news and it took me to a live science page that's just titled cloning. Find everything out there is to know about cloning and stay updated. 
Article 1. This plan to bring back an extinct Ice Age horse species is an extreme long shot, scientists say. <laughs> and then the second one is just, toenail fungus's non-existent sex life is more interesting than you think. <laughs> toenail fungus is not sexy, and the microbes that cause the infection appear to agree. <laughs> Science is wild. Okay, apparently they have cloned monkeys now, which is a good sign in terms of being able to clone humans. Is that the end goal, that we clone humans? Presumably. Why wouldn't you? Oh, scientists in China have cloned two bouncing baby monkeys, theoretically opening the door for cloning of humans. However, the researchers stress that they have no intention of cloning humans. (laughs) Yeah, that's super interesting. Imagine doing that like your whole life you're working towards like this like project of cloning humans and you're just like, come on society, have the moral discussion so I can do this. I'm trying to think why you would bother cloning humans. Yeah, the only thing I can think of, I don't know if this would even work, but like, if you had like a small child that you lost for something that was like curable or something. Yeah. Maybe you'd want a do-over? Like, that could be something. I was thinking like, um, clones of you that are like brain dead so you can use them for organ transplants, like in that movie The Island. Yeah. Only, ideally, they would actually be brain dead and that's not just a fake thing. Yeah, a TV show that I won't mention, like you can test out diseases and cures and stuff on people that aren't technically people. But I feel like they are people. Yeah, like that's that's a whole other moral discussion. Like I feel like once you allow them to be like awake, then you have to treat them as people. Mm. And I feel like most places in the world would like agree with that. I don't think anyone would be like, clones don't have rights. Like I think that they just automatically would. They'd have to. Yeah. That being said, normal non-cloned humans don't always have great rights yeah. everywhere. So maybe we would end up with something fucked up going on. Are you happy to move on? Or do you want to say some more stuff about clones? Oh, we can move on. It's weird that we didn't have that conversation when we were talking about the movie where that woman fucks her clone, though. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's weird that when clones actually came up on Bojack Horseman, we were like, <laughs> would you fuck it? But now, like, Dolly Parton being a sheep comes up and we're like, what are the ethical ramifications of cloning a human being? <laughs> now now that I'm reminded that clones could exist... <laughs> What's wrong with us? Um, so Princess Carolyn comes across Sadie's stall. It's called Maidie by Sadie, which is really cute. Yeah, it is cute. Um, and she helps her sell a jacket to a flea. Watch this. Whoa! Hey, you can't get that jacket. Why not? I was gonna get it. It's the best thing in this whole place, and I saw it first. I got it now. Maybe I'm gonna buy it. Sadie mentions that her back is sore, so Princess Carolyn find- finds a chair for her. Where does she buys because she grabs it from the stall next door like it's for sale there's like all these chairs that are like made of i don't want to say junk found items yeah she like grabs it and just puts it under sadie and the bear who owns the stall is like and princess carolyn just like hands him some cash and he goes away. Oh, I didn't notice that. But the price tag on the chair is $145. So, like, she spent quite a lot of money. Yeah. Also, the way that she gets the flea to buy the jacket is by pretending she wants the jacket. But it's got twice as many arm sleeves as she needs. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, like, how would she even wear that? Maybe you could tie it up and use it to, like, store stuff. Like, extra long pockets. If you wear a jacket made for an animal with more limbs than you have, is that, like, 
punk or appropriative? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, and the title of the chair shop is called Chair Bears, which I think is a... And the bear's got a love heart on its stomach. It's a play on Care Bears. So Sadie makes some comment about how it's hard being pregnant or something. I can't remember. (laughs) But basically that leads Princess Carolyn to a flashback of her getting a positive pregnancy test. So she's all cuddled up on the couch. The pregnancy test's box. I don't know if it's meant to be the brand name or what, but it just says really big, Preggy? (laughs) Like, with a question mark in capitals. (laughs) Could you be Preggy? So she's talking to her mum. My life's over. No, are you kidding? This is a good thing. That boy's stuck with you now. You know the Wallaces are good people. They're going to do right by you. No, don't cry. Look, they're going to have you move into the big house. And I'll be right up here whenever you need me. Princess Carolyn's kind of still freaking out a bit. So her mum gives her um, that fake necklace that we know and love. Not a fake necklace. It's really a necklace. That's a good point. It just has a very fake backstory. Your Grammy gave me this necklace when I first got pregnant. It's been in our family for generations. It's from the old country. And when you wear this, I want you to remember that you've come from a long line of women who've taken our licks, but we always land on our feet. Something I only just noticed that I think is true, but I can't, like, it might just be like, an optical illusion, but I'm pretty sure Princess Carolyn's mum's eyes are, like, a very slightly duller green than hers. Mm. Like, they're a very similar colour, but the fact that they, like, yeah. that the artists went to the trouble of, like, not just eyedroppering this exact same shade of green, but, like, making Princess Carolyn's mum's eyes, like, less bright is interesting as a touch. Yeah, and she's a bit more of a washed-out pink than yeah. Princess Carolyn is. It's a metaphor. Yes. So then we jump back to the present and Sadie invites Princess Carolyn to meet her family at a pot luck at the local church. And then at the the pot luck. Am I saying that right? Because it's not coming out of my mouth real easy. (laughs) In Australia, we call it a food party. (laughs) Do we have a name for it? Do we say pot luck? Um, I feel like we don't have a name for this. Like, it's a thing we do, but Mm. you'll just say, like, we're all gonna hang out. Bring a bowl of stuff. Yeah, bring a plate. Like, yeah, like, we definitely have things where you bring a plate, but I don't think there's, like, a thing we call the event because of it. It's, like, an added feature. Yeah. Huh. No, I can't think of something. Also, like, while we're talking about potlucks and cultural differences, Mm -hmm. I had no idea what ambrosia was in a food context, because I know ambrosia from Greek mythology as that magic food that the Greek gods eat to make them immortal. (laughs) And I was like, it's probably not that, so I googled it, and it's just, like, fruit salad with some cream in it. Oh, and marshmallows, I think. Yeah, it seems like there's a bit of variation, but it's just, like... Fruit with a bunch of creamy stuff on it. Yeah. Eat that, get it in ya. Yeah, the exact same thing. I was like, what is that? I've never heard of it. But it, like, the drawing of it looked so good. I was like, is that kind of some kind of Sunday? The fact that some fucking old-timey American made a fruit salad and was like, I'm gonna put some whipped cream on this, and then <laughs> ate it and was like, mmm, mmm, this is just like what the Greek gods would eat in heaven. Greek <laughs> heaven. I'm gonna name it after that. <laughs> American listeners, if you found that impression of an American accent I did just now, like, 
really abrasive and hard to listen to and annoying. That's exactly what it was like when we heard that koala talking about David Boreanaz's house in season one. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to hear shitty versions of your accent all the time. <laughs> Well, I will probably at least be cutting out most of that big tangent about Australian accents. Okay, fair enough. I will leave some of it in. I'll leave the beginning in, but not all the stuff we said about The Good Place. Fair I found out that iTunes reviews, the ones it shows you are dependent on what place you are set to. So the reason why we weren't seeing any iTunes reviews coming up is because I was checking the Australian iTunes store. Uh-huh. So I set it to America and also to Canada and the UK, I think, to check. There still weren't many reviews, but there were a few. And one of them was a five-star review, granted, but from someone who was like, it's a really good show, I wish they would cut out more of the off-topic conversations and rambling, or something like that. And I was like, mate. How dare you? Do you have any fucking idea (laughs) (laughs) what I'm already doing for you? (laughs) Yeah, like, you you listen to, what, the podcast episodes are about 40, 50 minutes? Yeah, we record for, like, an hour and a half, <laughs> yeah. easy, almost every time. Yeah. I spend three or four hours every episode slaving over a hot waveform, <laughs> cutting out conversations about weird times we sang in school, or the Stations of the Cross, <laughs> or, like, what nuts they eat in Turkey, Or fucking someone Paige knows that's real shitty, but we can't mention who it is. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you have no idea. (laughs) And when we've been dead for a hundred years, all those tapes will be released. (laughs) Anyway. So back to the TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Princess Carolyn enjoys the stars. That was my last note for that scene. Ah, it's beautiful out here. Look at all those stars. You don't have stars in LA? Not like these. I need too much light pollution and heavy pollution. And then we jump back to the past and Princess Carolyn is outside the big house. My dad's ready to see you. <sighs> and the father tells Princess Carolyn the plan for the rest of her life. We're going to do the right thing here. You'll have a lovely wedding before you start the show. If it's a girl, we'll name her Dorothy after my mother. Of course, if it's a boy, he'll be the third Cooper Thomas Rogers Wallace, so you'll call him Cooper the Third or Cooper Three, Trip, Trey, or Lil Coop. Princess Carolyn, I know you're scared, but I promise you, you've got a great life ahead of you. No worries, no tough choices, and no money troubles, thanks to the Wallace and Sons answering machine tape empire. Yes, as long as people need answering machine tapes, you will be taken care of. There's a mounted swordfish on the wall. Oh, yeah, and you see its butt. <laughs> in, a, in like a swimming position, but just looks terrified. Yeah. So that's good fun, as always. That's nice. It's cool how they've made the fin kind of continue down onto the human back. Oh, yeah. Must be hard to buy shirts, though. Yeah. Did answering machines take a special kind of tape? Oh, that's a good question. Like, even if they didn't, they'd still be fucked because cassette tapes aren't doing anything right now. But, like, yeah. were answering machine tapes a specific kind? Maybe they were small. Do I hear the tippity tap of googling fenus? Yes. <laughs> my my next note just says Bojack hurt his back. Dot dot dot. Oopsie. <laughs> yeah, it just says that they take cassette tape. Cassette tapes. Hmm. 
Uh, oh, yeah. So jumping forward back to the present. Princess Carolyn gets a call from Todd. Bojack has done the stunt and it went wrong and he is badly hurt. Why did you let him do his own stunts? That was today? Every part of me hurts. We're supposed to be shooting all week. You're already behind schedule and over budget. I'm sending you the number of a specialist. He can fix Bojack up and inject him full of enough pep to keep things together until the end of production. I think I summed all that up when I said Bojack hurt his back oopsie. <laughs> Back with Sadie. Um, Strip, who is Sadie's... Strib, with a B. Oh. He's a porcupine, I is, think. Is that the joke? No. Oh, Strib. I think the joke is just that it doesn't make sense as a nickname for Dennis. But it says it right on his shirt. It says, proud to be Strib. Oh, okay. Good for him. Strib comes to the church. What are you doing here? I mean, I guess I was wrong, maybe. I mean, I guess I could marry you, have family and stuff. I don't know. A grand gesture? This is like a Strip, I can't do this again. Come on. I love you or whatever. Fuck, I hope it's a human baby and not a porcupine baby. Oh. That's going to be rough. Oh, God. Actually, I don't know if porcupines have quills when they're born. They probably don't. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if animals with quills have, like, soft quills that harden yeah. after they get born. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, like, how tough can a hedgehog's vagina possibly be? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, so this kind of creates a shouting match between the family and everybody. And Princess Carolyn kind of gets a bit overwhelmed and stumbles back. And she, like, has a flashback into the past um, where she's just found out that she has miscarried. And her mum is yelling at her. Miscarriages don't just happen. This was our ticket. That baby would have <laughs> changed everything for us. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not your fault. We just got losing numbers. Well, maybe Cooper will marry me anyway. Coopers don't marry gals like you. He's going to end up with some fancy heiress like Samantha Floppy Disk. Princess Garland is kind of like, I don't know how this happened. I didn't do it on purpose. I just realized that the alcohol that she's drinking is called Northern Woe. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Princess Carolyn asks, you know, he'll still marry me, right? And the mum says, no, he won't. He's going to marry Samantha Floppy Disk. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. Do you have memories of using floppy disks? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I, I was just thinking, like, I, f I feel like when I was of computing age, floppy disks were, like, just on their way out. So I was like, you're a couple of years younger than me. I was like, maybe you, like, never even held a floppy disk. I think I might be an anomaly. We had a really old computer that only took floppy disks. We had a stack of games for it that I used to play on floppy disk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so don't construct your whole worldview on me. Are you saying that a sample size of one is not sufficient for a sociological study? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have put it that elegantly, though. Give me your anecdotal evidence. <laughs> oh, I can see the little save icon up in the top left-hand corner of my Word document. No. The little floppy disk that is now just the save icon. Good, it got to stick around. It's like fossil words. Like, it's a fossil concept. Hmm. Good tangent, five stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Besides, you don't want that life. You're free now. Free to do what? I wasn't going to tell you, but this came in the mail. <gasps> and she pulls out the acceptance letter. Oh, I just realized something. There's like a bunch of framed, you know, photos or paintings or whatever. And one of them is just, like, a framed picture of some, like, flowers. And I just googled what catnip flowers look like. It's them. Ah, cool. The brochure for UCLA says, So you've ruined your life? B-R-U-I-N-E-D. 
U-I-N-E-D. No idea what that means. No. Listeners? Yeah. Oh, and then it, like, morphs into the diner's menu. Yeah. The barbecue is available in chopped, sliced, diced, and julienned. Okay. Which is fun. Julianning is when you do that thing where, like, the carrots are in really tiny, thin strips. Yeah. Use, like, that special serrated peeler. Hard to do to meat, probably. There's bare butt stew, hush puppies, and loud doggies. Baked beans, green beans, butter beans, and no beans. And the no beans is priced at zero dollars. Oh, that's good. Collard greens and collard purples. And the drinks includes barbecue sauce. Ooh. Okay. It's good on its own. <laughs> So at the diner, Princess Kylie gets a call from Diane. This is all my fault. I thought the stunt was Flip's idea. Well, no. I just convinced him it was his idea. That's not what I heard. I heard it was Flip's idea. Okay. It was Flip's idea. Great. I'll see you tomorrow. Then Sadie arrives. Listen, I've known me some stribs. A little sweet, a little dangerous, but the second things get complicated, he'll run away. You don't know my strib. But I know you. Did you really like the clothes I made? Of course I did. Then why didn't you buy anything for yourself? Which is unfair, because you can like something and not necessarily think that it will look good on you. She wouldn't be able to wear a bedazzled jacket to her high-powered producer job, and it had too many armholes. (laughs) (laughs) I get where Sadie's coming from. You think I'm stupid, but I've been watching you bullshit everyone on that phone of yours. You think because you're all fancy show business, you can just take whatever you want. No, 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 you don't understand. I I just want to help you. I want to give your baby a better life. Better than what? Better than a sky full of stars? Okay, Sadie. You want to keep the baby? You want to give the baby to someone else? Fine. Just do what you want to do. Don't live your life for Strib or this baby or anybody else. We're still in the present, and we're looking at the the house as it is now. And Princess get Princess Carolyn gets a call from her agent. They're like baby agent. I don't know what they're called. Adoption. Ba- baby agent, I think. <laughs> I think that's the one. <laughs> yeah. So that real obnox- obnoxious girl tells her that she's heard back from Sadie, and Sadie says she she hasn't chosen Princess Carolyn to take her baby. And then we go to the airport. Princess Carolyn gets a call from Bojack. Bojack, I am so sorry. This was all my fault. Uh, it's your fault. I feel amazing. I don't know what that doctor gave me, but man, you should leave town more often. I'm golden. Let me tell you, you accidentally drive a motorcycle off a building and suddenly you are everybody's favorite guy. I hope that works out well for him. There's a balloon that says, get your cracked back back on track, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's fun. That's fun. Yeah, he's surrounded by heaps of other balloons and flowers and things. And he's happy because he got what he wanted. He's the most popular actor on set now. As we pan across the airport, we see a cardinal reading the bird, not the, you know, Catholic thing. Maybe both. Probably not. It's not wearing robes. Anyway, um, <laughs> reading the Hollywood Reporter and the front page story is Fubar on Lombard takes out Big Star and there's a picture of Bojack with his fucked up back. Oh, wow. Okay. And on the back page is an ad for Keeping Up with the Crustaceans, which is fun. Yeah, like the Kardashians. There is a giraffe walking through the airport wearing four of those neck pillows. Oh, nice. And even though I gave Raphael a hard time for letting through that joke about a giraffe just having a tall neck and that not being good enough for the rigorous standards we expect from Bojack Horseman. This is quite funny. (laughs) 
This is worth the giraffe. Yeah. Good. Although it does imply unreasonably high seat backs on planes. Oh yeah, it does too. So I take it back. Maybe double decker planes just don't have the second level to accommodate giraffes. They could just have like the back third of it not have the second level. Yeah. Because you wouldn't get many giraffes, surely, per flight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or maybe there's just, like, a hatch under every seat on the top level. And it's like how, like, if you're really big, the airlines make you book two seats. If you have a really tall neck, they make you book two seats, but you get assigned, like, the seat directly above your seat. (laughs) And you just open the hatch, and then, like, the hatch folds down and becomes the, like, part of the back of the seat. Yeah. Gotta patent this shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For all the giraffe people. (laughs) I was born in the wrong world. (laughs) What would we be doing a podcast about if we were in the Bojack Horseman world, though? There would be, like, a bizarro version of Bojack Horseman called, like, Humor... (laughs) (laughs) Humor Personman. (laughs) Where it's just about a washed-up Hollywood actor, but, like, the gimmick is that everybody on the show is human. Yeah. And then we would do a podcast about it and be like, in this world, where's all the bats? (laughs) Are they just flying around? Like, actually, that would, if, like, that h- humor personman would be a show with a much weirder premise in the Bojack universe than Bojack Horseman is in ours. Because yeah. in the Bojack universe, they've never heard of an animal that's not a person. Like, you'd have to invent the concept of animals and then say everyone but humans gets to be that. Yeah, wow, that's messed up. <laughs> like, it, everyone would watch it and be like, this is fucked up. Yeah. What? (laughs) So as we're scanning across the airport, time changes, I guess. And we go back into the past. (laughs) 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 We're so close to the end. I just need to get through this last bit. Great way to describe the concept of a flashback. (laughs) We're going across the airport and everyone's younger. (laughs) But it's like, it's not now, it's then. (laughs) <laughs> There's a guy wearing a deaf leopard t-shirt, but it's like the actual way you spell deaf and leopard, and it's got a picture of a leopard holding a hand up to their ear, which is almost an anti-joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Princess Carolyn is saying goodbye to her mom. My mom. Oh, hey, I got a nutty idea. What if you deferred for a year? Mom, I, I, I can't do that. Of course you could. Los Angeles isn't going nowhere. Just another year. By that time, Boots will be out of rehab and he can come home and help out. Just wait until then. Mom, Mom, I gotta go. Please? Can't you just do this one thing for me? I'm sorry, Mom. And then we see her plane fly away. Done. If you're, say, a Princess Carolyn, mm-hmm. do you shave your legs? Mm. Like, do female animals in the Bojack universe with fur, are they, like, immune from the hair removal beauty standard? Presumably they are, because her legs are the same pink as the rest of her skin, which means they're covered in the same fur. Yeah. So that must save time. Yeah. Oh, good for her. The end theme is a twangly banjo cover of the Bojack theme. No lyrics. I should learn the Bojack theme on ukulele. You 
should. I just wanted to mention that the the older Cooper, the senior, the dad, is voiced by David Diggs, who was in Hamilton with Lafayette. Cool. The younger Cooper was voiced by Brian Tyre Henry, and he's in Atlanta, and this is us, and he's going to be in the new Spider-Man. Should we murder a horse? Yeah, we should. It's late. Uh, we're just saying so. Uh, we're just saying sucker dick dumb shits. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail dot com. H o r s a n a l o u d. Or you can e- you or you can tweet us. Or at- you can emus <laughs> at horseandaloud pod. Yeah, what Jim said. Emu us there. Emus tweet. They get it. <laughs> I don't know what noise emus make, actually. Probably not a tweet. No. I picture them making kind of an aggressive honking noise, kind of like an even bigger swan. Like, Uh, Yeah, Yeah, like a big squeak. Not squeak, but like squawk, like something real aggressive. What if instead of making a bird noise, they just went, hello? (laughs) That's the only word they can say. Uh, That'd be good. Like, you... (laughs) You see one, like, running alongside your car, it's like, hello, (laughs) hello, (laughs) hello. I learned a a thing about swans in Ballarat that I think you need to know. Yeah? Real quick. You know the Botanical Gardens, where we went? Yeah. And there's heaps of black swans there? When they were first creating the Botanical Gardens, they wanted it to be real, real English. Like, they imported, like, English plants and stuff and all this rubbish. And the one thing they wanted the most was white swans in that goddamn garden. And just Mm -hmm. for some reason, I didn't know swans were this different, but the white swans could not survive. They didn't like any of the food. They kept getting, like, killed by wild animals, whereas the black swans didn't. Like, white swans would get killed by dogs, but black swans wouldn't. That's really interesting, because I know that black swans do okay in England. Yeah. Like, they've even crossbred with the mute swans, which is the other word for white swans, and created what is called a blute swan. Hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I would just assume that black swans can handle themselves better. Yeah. Like, they, they would have evolved with more dangerous fauna around, maybe. Yeah. Although, would they have? I don't know. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess our swans are just tougher. God, I love black swans. Black and tough, like licorice. (laughs) And I love that they were like this impossible thing. They could never happen. To the point where they were used as like an idiom to mean impossible thing. Yeah. And then the English get to Australia and like, fuck, there are actually black swans here. (laughs) But it's cool because now the idiom has changed. Like people still talk about black swan events, but they're things that like are obvious in hindsight, but that you didn't see coming until they actually happened. Like, yeah. Like the things like the internet. Yeah. The last financial crisis, Donald Trump. There are lots of things that are black swan events, really. Yeah. Most newsworthy things are black swan events. Yeah. Turns out people are shit at seeing the future. Yeah. I am. I started listening to a podcast and it's about existential crises. And it's real relaxing because <laughs> it's like for a while there I was like, oh, God, climate change is so bad. And then this guy comes along and he's like, look, climate change, we're likely to survive it as a species in some form. But existential crises, they're going to wipe us out and we might not even see them coming. And I was like, aha, that's so much worse. I'm so into this. <laughs> you can also find us on Tumblr or Facebook <laughs> if you like the show. <laughs> Please. <laughs> They don't, Please know, re- they don't know what we're laughing at because you cut all of that out. No, I'm going to leave it in now. <laughs> please, please rate 
or this is like a strike just for this episode just for that <laughs> one person who left that review saying they wished i cut out more of our bullshit i'm just gonna upload the full uncut episode <laughs> and they can just hear all of it oh boy <laughs> i won't really do that but i'm oh. leaving this in Okay. Um, please rate or review it on iTunes or just get us pregnant so we don't have to get real jobs. <laughs> I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And until next time, suck, suck a dick, dick dumb, dumb shits. shits.